Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher, joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. And boy, you know, we're trying to get back on our two-week uh, schedule, and it's been tough. I have a little cough. I'm going to be muting throughout this podcast. But really, here's the thing. I've not even told you guys this yet, but I'm telling you now because I thought it'd be funny to save. So... Over the weekend, I painted half of my office. As you can see behind me, I switched my desk around. Yeah. Batman yeah, is still look. here. Don't worry. Batman's still here. I just swapped sides. Uh, he's now in front of me, and I painted this black. In the process of that, obviously, you unplug all your stuff, take all the outlet covers off, et cetera, et cetera. And then today, I go run an errand, close my office door. I come back. I can't get into my office because I have a hidden bookshelf door to this office oh. that has <laughs> a part that you have to plug into the wall. And no. so I was like, I can't get into my office. This is like a few hours ago that I wow. discovered this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I live so cool in. We were talking. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so also, I live PS, in a new. <laughs> I was going to say, P.S., guys, it is a sweet hidden door. Like, it's I, a, I feel yeah, like just cool. as quickly as you mentioned it, I feel like maybe it was underplayed a little bit. It's like a legit hidden room. It's it was always a dream of mine to have a hidden, like a secret passageway in my house. My uncle's house growing up had a secret bookshelf door from his office into a bathroom, which was amazing as a kid, right? And so when I built this house, I was like, hey, guys, I, I need to put a secret bookshelf door. And all the builders were like, yes, that's super cool. Let's do it. <laughs> Fast forward into you don't plug the thing in and you can't get into your office. Oh. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I I bet I left the window unlocked, but I'm on the third floor. Yeah. <laughs> so I... So for a second, I think, well, maybe I'll put a ladder on that part of the roof on the second floor. And then I I, I kind of tested it. It's very slippery. I was like, bad idea. We're not going to do that when I'm alone. My wife and kids come home from traveling uh, to find me dead on the roof. That'd be bad. So um, You'd be on the ground so I, by then, though, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, you well, would. No, I, well, I guess I could be on the roof. I don't know. I'd be, some, I'd be somewhere, yeah. Maybe someone would have found me, I guess. I'm in like a new neighborhood construction, so I text a guy, and I'm like, hey, could you bring a boom lift over here? So no a guy way. comes over with a boom lift to my third floor, tries to open the window. I locked it. I never lock it because, like, what's the no. point? I'm on the third floor. Right. I literally like, got a notification yesterday for rain and closed the window and locked it, apparently. So I had to cut through the drywall, two pieces of drywall to reach my arm in and find that plug and plug it in. (laughs) And I've patched it already. I mean, I haven't painted it, but (laughs) so I did all that in the last few hours (laughs) just so that we could record this podcast and stay on schedule. That's really the entire goal. So um, I'm back in like a, uh, like an APC to plug that into. So if you do this again, you got like a battery. I probably should. The company sells one, but they, you know, mark it up ridiculous. They're proud of it. You know, yeah, they're proud <laughs> yeah. of it because they're selling hidden bookshelf doors. They know their market is um, idiots like me uh, that need, you know, a secret bookshelf door. And so I am going to put one on it probably now, though. I mean, before I was like, well, if the electricity goes out, I, n- there's nothing I need to do in my office anyway. My office is computer and guitar stuff, and that all needs electricity, too. So no big deal. Uh, but I never considered that I might unplug it on purpose and then not plug it back in. And uh, so anyway, I'm glad that we're here talking to you, uh, the listener of this podcast. Uh, and today we are talking about Thrice's The Artist in the Ambulance. Uh, that was a long way to get to that point. But 
Congress, let's talk about it. Uh, I guess we, 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 you both did research on this one, quote unquote, right? Yeah, we did research, but I think we, I think, uh, after our bi- quick business meeting that we had prior to this episode, uh, Blake, you mentioned they're, they're doing a podcast right now on this very album. The band is. Yeah. So this is kind of unprecedented. This is, uh, an artist right now that is putting out a multi-part episode podcast just about this album. So, you know, we're not going to pretend to be experts on the making of this album and we're all the lyrics and all the, Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to compete with the actual artist. So you should go, if you like this album, you should absolutely go listen to that podcast because uh, they just launched it last month. And so uh, definitely worth a listen. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. We think that's where you're going to get all the fun little details that we normally just get off of Wikipedia. I promise you. Or make up on the spot. Or make up on the spot. Or we just make up, like about (laughs) Chris Caraba working at Caraba's or owning Caraba's, right? Which he like we just made that up. Yeah, he might. It could be true. In fact, so um, so then we'll just hit the highlights, and then also kind of with that, I'd be willing to bet that it's a companion to it as well. Uh, If you love this album. And they they just released a reimagining of this album. Um, so, and I've listened we'll to a little to that bit. Too. Of, uh, it's, I mean, it's not that far off from this one. So, um, but it's definitely worth checking out. And uh, I do want to say just just to brag on us, or or maybe this isn't a brag, but we've been planning on doing this record for over a month. So before Thrice put out their podcast, we were going to do this record. That is actually true. We yeah. just uh, kept getting delayed. And so here we are doing it. Now they have their own podcast. We probably inspired it. them. Yeah, we That's, probably yeah. did. I was like, we got to beat these guys in the punch. Yeah. And so they, and they recorded an entire series about we'll show them. one album, which I love. I wish more people would do that. That's actually a great, oh, I mean, it dude, might put yeah. us, I guess, out of business, quote unquote. Uh, but that's fine. I mean, I would love to hear like in depth. I feel like. The, the people that I am most interested in hearing about is the creators of things, albums, movies. And all we hear about is the, I don't know, I just feel like people interview not musicians. I would I always would have loved a talk show, which I could think a couple of people tried to do. It's like Mark Hoppus had a show for a second on yeah. Fuse. But talk shows with musicians would be way more uh, interesting than actors, in my opinion. Not that actors are bad at what they do. It's just that you know, you can't really talk about acting. Like you just do yeah. it and you do yeah. a good job at it, but like you can talk about making a record. I wish more people do it. So, Hey, get out there, make an album, make a, make a podcast about your, you know, album that you came out to 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good starting point. The album is almost 20 years old. Uh, came out July 22nd, 2003. Uh, and really the highlights for me, unless my birthday buddy has anything different is that this was their first major label debut. It came, or excuse me, their first major label debut. It was their (laughs) debut on a major label. It was their third record, but, um, it came out on Island. And what I, the, the thought, the things that I found interesting are this, um, this came out one year after the illusion of safety they were in they were basically rushed to put out a record and the label as happens with labels yes, sometimes the, the label pushed them to do that so i i found that interesting because i do think this is a, a really great record and for them to put it out in a year is is pretty impressive the other thing that i want to know more about and i sure hope they talk about it on that podcast is that it says that uh that Rick Rubin 
was um, courting the band around this time. And it's like they ended up going with uh, Brian McTurnan. Anybody got a better pronunciation on that? I uh, know it's not pronounced Rick Rubin. So <laughs> it's not pronounced I'm Rick curious. Uh, well, the curious. thing is, it was his first major label uh, record. He did. He produced the illusion of safety, which, you know, arguably got them signed. And so I think it's super cool that they that they brought him up with them. But also, man, I just feel like if Rick Rubin calls you, you answer. And and what producer would begrudge you if I mean, he's like an. Yeah, it it sounded like McTurnan Burn, whatever, however you say it, wasn't. (laughs) Mickey was a T? little stressed out. Yeah, Mickey a T. Yeah, yeah it sounds like he was. From what I read too, he was a little stressed out too. It's not like he was. Yeah. He was almost like, guys, I don't. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> have someone else do it. I'm with Blake. Like I would have been like, yeah. Rick Rubin's like dream song crafter producer. He's not an engineer even. I mean, right. it, like you're gonna hire that part, and that's why he does such crazy genre stuff i mean everything from beastie boys to uh, you know rock bands and tom petty and uh dixie David chicks Brothers. i mean like yeah yeah i mean he's I, I just, just wish done... we could know what that would sa- would have sounded like right i do too well i think he's just really good at at making people write the best songs they can like i think that's what he shines at is like going like it's not quite there. Like he's just, it's so clear that he's honest with artists about going like, Nope, it's not there. Like, you know, it needs a better whatever. And cause you know, he's he got more hit records than anyone you've, most people have never heard of. Most people would not, would be sitting next to him on a plane and not know who he is, but Oh it's yeah. Crazy he's to- he's pretty he's regular. Which, which one of you two dudes sent me the Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney mixing <laughs> Oh, all star smash mouth. <laughs> that was Chris. <laughs> oh my gosh, we got to put that in the show notes. That is definitely a classic. Him and him and Paul McCartney are just totally grooving on it too. So it's funny. Very well done. It, it, That's, it, it's, and, and all credit goes to the editing on that because he oh, they did man. it perfect. It's yeah. brilliant. They basically overdubbed this like scene from some I can't remember what documentary it is with like the stems of All Star. They literally like so like when <laughs> yeah, they push up the fader, up like the vocals <laughs> come yeah. in and like Paul's like jamming on. Oh my gosh, it, that took so long to edit. It's <laughs> for, amazing. <laughs> just for me to have a good laugh for a second. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Um, yeah. So Rick Rubin. I mean, that's that's interesting to me for sure. I would I would love to know that story. I, I hope it is on that podcast because um, I have to know. Like yeah. what the reason and it could have been it makes me wonder if there was like a if time was a problem because yeah. if you, if they really released this a year after their last album came out that is a time crunch for sure and surely he, they ended up on island so surely that's why right like he was courting right, them the got them on yeah. island and then like yeah. that has to be related absolutely it's related there's no so. way it's not um I, the the producer like the major label producer find thing is a funny game I think that happens because uh, you hear those kind of stories where like this person was interested or they tried to get this person I think my favorite one was uh, <laughs> I saw an interview with uh, Brandon Flowers from the Killers and he was like we wanted to do our second record with um, oh my gosh I just drew a blank on his name the guy that did like Joshua Tree and stuff um, Illinois Daniel Illinois right and uh, or no, Brian Eno. That's who it, they wanted to do it with. They wanted to do it with Brian Eno, and the and Island came back and was like, he's not interested. And so he was like, so 
for 15 years, I thought Brian Eno didn't like my band and I was like a sad person. And then I found out they just lied to me <laughs> about like, they never even <laughs> talked to Brian Eno about it. And, That's and he was like, so now I'm a man that knows that like, maybe Brian Eno's never heard of us, but at least he doesn't not like us and didn't pass on doing the record. Uh, Cause then they did a record with him. So I just thought that was a hilarious uh, story. It's like, I was like a defeated person uh, for a long time. But if Rick, I mean, Hey, kudos to thrice for rick rubin even being interested that's uh that'd be a pat on the back uh i agree oh, definitely that's a badge of honor yeah yeah i'd get rick it as Rubin's, a badge like heard of your band and can it be like oh yeah i've heard of them that's probably enough that would be enough for me to <laughs> right. die happy rick yeah, rubin the guy wanted that, to work yeah. with you like yeah, yeah. the guy did Dude, yeah. wildflowers by tom petty i'm yeah that's all i need i'd quit take me lord <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. So, any other tidbits about the album before we jump into uh, thoughts on Man, it? Nothing. Okay. So, I have no more to add other than real quickly. I was looking at Brian McT. <laughs> That's his new nickname. McT. Just McT. B McT. B McT. Good old B McT. And apparently, he worked on a Turnstile record, and that's a pretty big deal. So, I could, I, I can't find which one, but like. I mean, he's not nobody, but it definitely this was his first major label record. So, and it I sounds mean, good. I mean, Rick like, Rubin, it does sound good. Yeah, it's I've got no complaints on the production of it. Um, but man, that's just uh, quite the story. Okay, well, let's jump into first impressions. Uh, Kyle, we're gonna go with you first. Okay, so um, before I give my first impression of this record, I'm gonna say what got me into Thrice was. Uh, back in 2001, we had these, you know, pop goes or punk goes pop compilations. That's kind of what compilations became. They were like cover compilations. Right. And thrice, uh, put out a cover of send me an angel and it's fantastic. Uh, that's what got me interested in this band because the, uh, oh gosh, we just said it. Is it the illusion of safety? The record before this? Um, it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite my thing. And as we've mentioned many times before, the three of us were all kind of into like poppier, uh, more punk stuff. And there were a lot of screamo bands coming out at this time and I just wasn't into it. Um, I heard that song and it definitely piqued my curiosity. And so I bought this record the day it came out. I remember that I, I think it was MTV two that was playing, the music video uh for oh gosh which all which, that's left right yeah okay okay that's that's yeah, it with the like it was like almost like the iPod animated or whatever like the yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah yeah um and and i thought that was so cool so i bought this record the first day it came out i will tell you my first impression was it was one of my first heavier records that i purchased and what's what i think is unique about this record and from the moment that I listened to it, it's like, it's a, it's a bit challenging because the heavy stuff is, is heavy on this record. Yeah. Um, and, and the not heavy is like, I, I, I mean, I know it sounds dumb to say not heavy, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it, it's not like it's two different bands, but they just, when they, when they go hard, man, they really go hard. And there are longer stretches in particular. I think the second half of this record is a little bit heavier, um, that, that are more, that were more challenging for me at the time. Now I have, I have grown to love this band spoiler alert. Uh, and so like, 
I this this record holds a special place in my heart. But the first upon first listening, my first impression was, um, man, there is a lot I like about this, and oh man, I I don't know what I think about some of this. So right, Chris, did you have it back in uh, two thousand three? Definitely, we were really good friends with a band from Lincoln, Nebraska. JV All Stars, you know them absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so Nick, the lead singer of that band, had got me into Thrice because he was like super pop punk guy, and then there was this band Thrice that he was just nuts about. Um, and there's a song called "Kill Me Quickly" on the Illusion of Safety that's like one of my favorite songs of all time, and it's only because it's either the second verse I can't remember right now or the bridge. There's just one little piece of music, and and they only do it once, and it's like magic, and, and he. Uh explained to me about Dustin and the spirituality of his lyrics. And that's what made me really start to like the band. Um, so, and then I'm with you, Kyle. I, then when I saw all, you know, all that's left is an amazing rock and roll song. Uh, and so when I heard that and saw they were starting to spin that, I was like, Oh, cool. I'm 100% going to buy this album. Um, and it was so, also a really yeah. cool package. Do you remember that? There was it one of those like uh, eco packs with like the slip yeah. and all yes, that and stuff. Yeah, it I almost reminded so. me of um. You remember Wildlife Treasury from when we were oh, kids? No. It was like no, a, it was like it was like a treasure box that you got, and it had cards in it with information about animals. It was called Wildlife Treasury. No. If you subscribed no. long enough, you got a safari hat. Maybe I dreamt this. Um, no, I'm sure this <laughs> sounds like some obscure thing that you got in the mail. Yeah, I, I yeah. was I was a part of Wildlife Treasury, and like truly the 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 inserts. Oh, I remember these. I just looked it up. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Once yeah. I saw, I was like, yeah, now I know well, what you're talking about. Well, okay. Doesn't each song have like a card? I think each song had a card for the artist in the ambulance, and so it reminded yeah. me of Wildlife Treasury. Yeah, I do feel like and these it, guys are very visually artistic too it seems like oh, yeah. the very little i've paid attention to thrice because spoiler alert in a second i'm going to tell you that i did not listen to this album until four weeks ago um <laughs> but i do feel well, like they've got a cool visual element to them i didn't jam it a lot blake like when we were because no nobody in the band was really that into it and i mean yeah. i was kind of I'm, I'm like uh, kyle like but the rock songs the pop songs i really liked but like i i wasn't super excited about playing this song from front to back uh, this album front to back ever you know it just uh, it was a little tough for me to be honest like the the tough parts were like dragon force level uh, you know one of the bands <laughs> they toured with was poison the well and they were right. heavy 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 They're right. very heavy like i wasn't a fan at all That's and, not but me. that just shows you what kind of music they were playing like they could tour with poison the well and it was it was no problem i definitely we definitely put uh you know put flyers up outside that show but i i did not pay to go in <laughs> yeah i did not listen to them because like the heavy stuff immediately it was just like not my thing it's still not it's still not huge for me like i still don't love screaming but i mean i do very much like this more than most of the other things in this vein if that makes sense well, like, uh, but I, I really did I, not oh, i'd listen to a song you know here and there it was you couldn't ignore thrice i mean like i knew they existed uh but you know i think I do wish that I would have, I wish someone would have like tapped me on the shoulder earlier than like, well, I say that's ridiculous because Matt Klaus is, if he's listening to this rolling around screaming or something, (laughs) uh, because I'm sure because he he would have been like, yeah, I could have told you that you should have been listening to thrice this whole time. Uh, but yeah, I just, you know, it, so I didn't have it back in 2003 for sure. And this is my, my first impressions were really like, listen to this album all the way through is 
just been the last month or so whenever we started talking about doing this record. So, um, but I do, I mean, I really, I like his voice. It's unique. Um, I, I feel like it's not, and you're like, you're right. That juxtaposition of the heavy stuff and the light stuff. It's not, it's not as dramatic as it sounds like we're making it out to be no. as if it's, you're right. It's not like two different bands. It is like one band that just managed to manages to do both things really well. Yeah. Um, and I had a thrice song show up on my like discovery playlist on, on Spotify, uh, the last year or two. And I just freaking loved it and threw it on a couple of playlists. And it took me forever to find that when we started talking about this a few yeah. weeks ago. And it's yeah. cause it was just like a single, it wasn't on a record. It was just like some, uh, one off that they put out. Um, and anyway, like, I think that was the thing that made me go, huh, I should probably like pay a little bit more attention. So when y'all picked this album, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of actually excited about getting into it. And, uh, I, I've not, normally I like to go through a lot of the catalog. They've got a lot. So I'm like, okay, um, I need to start paying attention to the records that came after this. So Blake, let me ask you this because I am curious. You, you're, yeah. you're like the perfect person to ask because I know just because of other records that we've done, like when you tolerate screaming, it tends to be like when a band, like we're already past their evolution where we know they kind of become more than just the screamo band. Does that help in back cataloging for you? Because we know that thr- we know that Dustin be- had like that voice that, that sounds great on this album. It becomes even more soulful. He's screaming less. Now we know that they stick around and they make great music still. Now, does that somehow make this more palatable for you? I think it's still like the back half of the record is heavier than I would generally go <laughs> just in general. Um, yeah. but I, like, I don't not, I don't, I wasn't skipping stuff. If that made yeah. sense. Like this doesn't have did the Arabian sounding metal guitar tone stuff. Did that keep you interested? No, I mean, they do have really interesting guitar stuff. I think what yeah. my biggest problem with most stuff back then that was anywhere in the vein of Screamo was that most of it was just really lazy. Like a lot yeah. of it was really bad. Like it wasn't, yeah. You know, it wasn't creative. It was, you could like chart it out without hearing. And like, you could literally go, okay, you do verse, and then you fucking chorus, and then there's a screen part, and there's the, like, you know, it's like you could, it's like you could map it out. And I'm not saying like pop punk wasn't formulaic too or something. It's just like, I liked it. So right. there was a lot of lazy of bands like that too. But it just felt like most of the stuff that got popular. I hated because it was like everything about it was bad. Like I didn't like the sound of it. I didn't like the screaming. I really hate the high pitch kind of screaming. That, yeah, the scree- you, the that's screeching. The thing is, well, but even just like the tonality of people's voice, it's like uh, this is going to get me in trouble because my mom. Well, this my mom and I were talking about this, so that gives it some credit. Okay, Your so we're fault. at the thunder. We're at the Thunder game the other night, and they had in the arena instead of the normal guy, I don't know if he was on vacation, but they had a girl doing it, you know, like the MC that's around, not the announcer, but like the MC that walks around and like introduces what game they're playing or whatever. Um, and my mom was the one that brought it up. She was like, you know, the last game we were here, they had a girl doing it, but her voice was like too high pitched when she would get excited and it just hurts my ears, you know? And so, and I was like, yeah, it's the same thing. Like in sports announcing, it's like most women have a voice where if they get really excited, it's, you know, the natural tonality of their voice. Well, so if you have a voice like mine, which is kind of like that more high, like I sing higher and stuff like that. If I try to scream, it would just be obnoxious. Like that's just (laughs) his voice has a really nice, like kind of it's, it's more of a baritone voice. It's not all the way down there, Yep. but so it, it doesn't have that quality that drives me crazy. 
And that's a long way of saying that, like, you know, when you've got a deeper voice, I think you can scream and it works a little better. But then again, I never have liked the, like, fake kind of low screaming yeah. of, like, oh, like, I don't that, like, like that growl. either. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not into that either. And so the this is screaming. kind of a Goldilocks and the Three Bears situation of like, it's not too growly low. It's not shrill high. It's kind of in this middle range that is yeah. not, doesn't make me want to pull my ears off. And okay. so um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but. No, I completely, completely hear what you're saying. And yeah, Dustin's got an amazing voice that, that yeah. has that quality about it. And I do Absolutely. agree it you know the stuff that comes after this that i've heard not that i've listened to any full albums but you know i can tell that his voice gets just better like yeah. i think that it didn't get worse and a lot of these people also could not pull this stuff off live i've heard nothing but the opposite of that with thrice uh, from oh, yeah. the people i know that have seen them says they say they're great so i think all of those things would make me i never would have said i like uh, thrice. I never would have said that even back then. It's just not my cup of tea necessarily, but I do appreciate it more because the natural progression is just that people grow out of that, uh, for lots of reasons. I mean, one, it's pretty hard to do on a nightly basis and yeah. not just murder not your destroy voice. destroy your vocal cords um, forever. And also right? it's just, um, creatively, it just, it never was my thing. Like I like, I like screaming, not screaming. I like when voices get sort of out of control, but I like it because it fits with the song or something or it, the lyric or whatever's going on. And a lot of times screaming in a lot of these bands just felt like they were screaming because here's where we're supposed to put screaming. Yep. Um, and so I think that's why I wasn't that into it. I realize a lot of people were and, and love it. I, I would argue that I think the screaming is probably the thing that I would say was, it's a thing that ages some of this stuff like to yeah. a degree, yeah. um, but not in a way that's like, um, like I really do like this record. It's good. Like some of it's a little too heavy at the end, but like I said, I'm not skipping tracks. Like when we did, um, what's the last screamy album we did? Um, like that did one had a couple songs. Record? Oh, we did a day to remember day to remember. Yeah. 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 Which had some great stuff on it, but yeah. there were definitely a couple songs where I was like, Nope, too much. And that one felt <laughs> yeah. more like a, that one felt He's more a like two different too. bands. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that felt more like two bands like there was there's stuff on that record where i'm like yeah. wow this is great and then there's stuff that i'm like i want to skip this because it's driving me crazy this doesn't feel like that even song to song it doesn't feel like yeah. it all feels like thrice it all feels like this album um and i think so i kudos to them like i think that uh is is good and they have they have something to them that is unique that i can't quite put my finger on but it doesn't sound like anyone else that's a long-winded first impression yeah, for a guy that a just one. now listened to this record. So, well, it's uh, fresh. Yeah, it's fresh. It's four weeks old. <laughs> it is more fresh than trying to remember what I felt 20 years ago, I guess. Yeah, okay, you go let's back go try interview Chris and Kyle in 2003. We probably would have had more to say about it. We'll see. That would be uh, if we could only a 20 year or we would have been like, podcast. it's cool. Cool, what, I you're guess. From the, you're from the future? <laughs> Hold on. I got Oh, wait a minute. We, we would have other questions, is what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> Do we have flying so on this thrice record? <laughs> Not getting any stock tips or anything? Yeah. Okay, let's go to the first track uh, Cold Cash and Cold Hearts. So we keep our
Chris is air drumming, so we're going to go to him first, obviously. Chris, what are your thoughts on the opening track? I don't know this to be true, but I personally think that Thrice is just known for having the best opening tracks of every any band ever. <laughs> like that, just every album that you listen to by Thrice, the first track, it's like always a banger, like 100% guaranteed. No doubt about it. Uh, this song comes in hard. I love the way it starts out just... There's no like you would think a band like that. Sorry, I, I'm already being long winded. You would think a band <laughs> like Thrice would have some melodic, big, epic opening organ swell or some angelic thing. And I just love that they're like, nope, just bam, we're going right at it. Um, and it sounds amazing. And then, um, and then they give you give you that little taste at the end, which I, you know, I, I got to pick the clip for this one. Me and Kyle split these. I thought it did a pretty nice job. It's a nice little piece of music there that they they a lot of. That's 30 seconds, and they, they go through a lot of emotions and um, a lot of up and down. So, um, yeah, good good stuff. And Chris, my great, note was... A great song title, too, by the way. So I also, I just love it. I love this track. My, my note was literally, they just kick right into this album. I mean, oh. That's my note. <laughs> yeah. oh. They really do. It's a great, like, kicking, like, just, you're right. No intro, just boom, we are all in. Right off the bat. Like, I love it. I'm into yeah. it. Kyle. Dude, so, okay, you picked a great clip, and this is not a criticism, but I wondered if you would start at the beginning on this one. I like, thought there was about a it. I totally did. <laughs> like, I just couldn't, I couldn't I not do that part. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was they, tough. They it's a waste, great little bridge outro kind of thing. They they waste no time. The freaking, the, the, I mean, are they, are they really even muted, but that, like, muted-esque guitar part underneath on that? The freaking, the, the rhythm section brothers, just tear it up on this record all the way through. We're going to talk about them. I don't know if you knew that Blake, but the bass and, know that, and so the drummer brothers. are brothers and they freaking kick butt. Um, and, and uh, what's Chris, is their guitarist named Tepe. Is that right? I can, I, Dude, he I know he's shreds. the most handsome. Oh, he's beautiful. On the planet he is beautiful. Uh, that's all I know. Uh, I can't even, I don't even need to know his name. I just look into those eyes. Um, I, I, what is I think, guy? yeah, so, so one of my favorite things about this record that I do remember is like, um, I don't think it was too long after this that we got like, you know, American Idiot and then Incubus, whatever Incubus anti-George George Bush record was. What I like about Thrice is that Dustin seems to have a lot of thoughts. You know, he has, th- he has thoughts about uh, what's going on in, in, on the earth, but like he, he talks about it in a way that's that's kind of, I think, relatable. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, uh, man, uh, it's it's not cool to look away from you know people who are suffering. And I remember these lyrics sticking out to me like, holy smokes, man, that's he's he's uh he's kind of telling it like it is. And and I had never heard anyone do that before. I, it, I wouldn't call it subtle because it's not, but it's just different than than the Incubus record. You know what I mean? Like or coming out and just talking about it. Um, and they were, they were always like, I, th- I think I remember them talking on MTV with this record. They gave 10% of their earnings on this record to a charity. I can't remember which one it was, but like they've it always was a charity been... that Island created. Oh yeah. For them that's right. They, that was part of their deal. They're like, Hey, this is important yeah. to us. We want to do this. They said it right off the bat. So like that's always legit. socially conscious, you know, like uh, just a cool band, man. I like that. Yeah, I mean, great first track. I mean, I really cannot. (laughs) Pretty strong. Pretty strong. Uh, Let's go to track two, Under a Killing Moon. 
Kyle, thoughts on track two? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's awesome. I mean, that freaking guitar part, great pick, Chris. Like, I mean, when I don't know if you guys remember, but like maybe five, ten minutes ago, we were talking about how when they get heavy, they <laughs> yeah, they no, get they, pretty they heavy. Get right into it. And uh, you know, there's something about uh playing heavy music and screaming about watching the witches burn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's on brand. Can't miss. You can't miss. <laughs> like, you know what? These guys are about that life, you know. Like they, they're not they're not posers, man. Uh, they're really no, burning that, witches. They're burning. They are burning witches. Um, <laughs> the freaking that that shredding guitar part right there. Like, I don't know enough about the guitar to even to even talk about technically what's happening there. I just know he's playing really fast, and it sounds really cool. Yeah, uh, Chris, thoughts on it? Yeah, this song freaking shreds. Uh, you know, I oh shreds—that's a good word for for this one. I, I you know, I tried to explore just by looking at the lyrics, like what what theme he was getting at, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I just know that if you can say "pray keep your tongue held tight" as a lyric <laughs> in a freaking hardcore song, yeah, and that's. And go into a hardcore breakdown, uh, scream about witches burning, like on the second <laughs> song. That you've, you've, as Kyle said earlier, you've piqued my interest, sir. You have piqued my interest. Go on. I yes. want to hear more about this. <laughs> go on, please. Uh, um, I, yeah, and I like that they kind of bring it up a notch on on track two, which is hard enough because cold cash and cold hearts is yeah you know, already coming in pretty hot. But yeah, yeah I didn't know there were notches to jump up. Yeah, right. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, they were like, no, oh, it goes to eleven. That's what we're doing on track two. Um, yeah, it is fast and hard. I mean, it is uh, under three minutes of. <laughs> hey, listen, fellas. Um, not going for the low hanging fruit, dude. Yeah, sure you're not. Um, yeah, it's good. I agree. The, I I said the same thing about the pray keep your tongue. I like I, it's such a old timey 1700s way of speaking, but uh, I kind of like it. I mean, I guess if you're screaming about witches burning, uh, it makes sense. So. Let's go to track three, all that's left. Great titles, by the way. By the way uh, all three of these first ones are great. You know, I'm all about like the dual vocal part chorus. I'm just, I almost always like that in a song. Anyway, Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, it's one of the best rock and roll songs of, of the decade. Uh, that riff is so killer and so cool. Um, and uh, not a lot of bands, I think I always blabber on about this, but not a lot of bands were interested in making memorable hooky guitar riffs in this era. Like it was like, we're just going to play the rhythm part and, you know, maybe have a guitar solo in the middle, uh, but every song on this album has like some cool, memorable, interesting riff that they wrote and had to work hard on. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love this song. I'm, I've always happy when it comes on, on a playlist or, 
Um, and I still get goosebumps when I hear that. Oh, the, the way they open the song up and bring everything in, keep it kind of, I don't want to say lo-fi, but just kind of keep it dry at the beginning and then bring everything in. And then by the end, like Blake said, you've got, you know, the different vocal parts, the, you know, uh, answering, calling and answering. And um, it, it, it just fills the speakers. It's a great song. So good, good, good choice for a first single for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you mentioned the video, I'll try to link the video, but I tried to do the same thing for the starting line episode we did last time. There's not a version of it above 380 quality. No. <laughs> it's like box two, like four, three, right? Oh yeah. It's like four, three. It is like, absolutely. I was like, I'm not sharing this. There's like, yeah. it's just not worth it. I'm not going to make someone watch 380 content. Like what in the world? I don't even know if that's the right resolution. It's so low. I can't remember. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I'd say it's a good first single, Kyle. Uh, yeah, man, all the things that Chris said, like that intro is just so awesome. The freaking snare hits, the guitar coming in. Um, I I love the way that it builds and the outro where they're doing the two. You mentioned it right away, Blake. The the dual vocal is just love so it. freaking cool. And and also like, I'll, admittedly, I don't really know what he's talking about. But we tried to bleed the sickness, but we drained our hearts instead um, is a cool line. You know, it's like, a very cool line. Uh, Dustin Kinsrew, man. Uh, I think he reads books and stuff. I think probably it yeah. sounds a little bit like it's about, you know, I don't know, losing your faith or being apathetic about I it. Mean, I mean, that's what I get out of it, at least. I'm not even going to try. I, I'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A ghost is all that's left. That's right. I mean, the outro says we are the ones who lost our faith. So, I mean, it sounds, yeah. a, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like some lyric genius here, guys. I just am reading what's on the page. He's talking um, about breakfast, Blake. It, you're right. It was probably about <laughs> breakfast burritos. That makes way more sense. <laughs> what is the analogy to we drained our hearts instead <laughs> for well, breakfast I mean, burritos? The, the, the thing is like, Every time we do this and we're certain that we know what the song is about, I feel we're like wrong. we find out. <laughs> yeah. And it's always more lame than like the cool thing that we think it is, too. Which is why I think you're always better off just not talking we, about what yeah, your song is about alone. because people will yeah. think it's cooler than it really is, probably. Yeah, let it be Absolutely. whatever it is to them. Right. Yeah. Right. Unless it's a really cool story. Like that's uh, true in the illusion. Yeah, but no, yeah. right, Blake, you're absolutely right. If it's something interesting like uh that actually happened. Um Yeah. That's fine. Um but I don't know. I I I'm with you, Kyle. I think that that's a good way to uh to do it. None of mine are deep enough to even be I think asked. So I don't I don't think anyone's wondering what my lyrics are about. Uh let's go to track 4, Silhouette. Speaking in- and drop D. I'm into that riff at the end of that. That's killer. I try to get a little, yeah, it's there's too many good parts of the song. <laughs> yeah, there really isn't a song on this record, I don't think, that doesn't have a cool riff. And you're right, Chris, I feel like that was kind of uh, 
I don't know. I feel like, unfortunately, in the in the 2000s, like other than the darkness, is the only band I can think of that was like really kicking out the guitar parts. Um, you know, in kind of an epic way. Not that there weren't some cool riffs, um, but this one, I feel like every track has some pretty cool guitar work on it, and I like it as a guitarist. Yeah, Kyle. Right. Other thoughts but, on? But, uh, oh, sorry. Or Chris, go. Well, you go ahead. Say, no, yeah. Chris, you, go ahead. Just. I was thinking about two songs like Helena by My Chemical Romance and Sugar Were Going Down. Like those songs don't have guitar riffs. Like they're just the no. rhythm parts kind of played in an interesting way. Like they didn't spend any time on it. So yeah, exactly. And Kyle. you know, those guys were great guitarists too. Just like riffness wasn't, I don't know. I feel like we were making fun of that or something. Um, yeah, I agree. Anyway. Well, this, like the one that like, I'm pretty sure you're talking about the same one that I, I'm referencing now, like that second part, that freaking groovy metal sounding riff is just so awesome i was trying to find it but i'm pretty sure one of the quotes that i read about the making of this record is that they kind of set out to uh to get rid of the verse chorus verse chorus formula and and they do that but what i like about it is that they still repeat parts it's just not you know one right after the other like like a uh typical formulaic song you know uh, but that freaking riff is awesome. Also, that drum fill sounds sounded awesome in my headphones. Uh, dig this one. Love the headphones. Uh, yeah, it's. Oh, hey, my... speaking of, are you listening to your? Are you are you on your headphones now? Your in ears? Oh yeah, guys. I also found these after misplacing yeah. them for six months. I found them in a jacket pocket. So I'm are just you losing. Pumped. Yeah, I mean, I was literally this close to. I... I thought I lost my in-ears like in September and I'd finally gotten around to getting molds and my cousin's an audiologist and was like supposed to send me pricing and didn't on Monday. And on Wednesday I found these, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm glad you didn't send me pricing on new ones. Although I probably will get new ones just cause these are like nine or 10 years old. It's like, I'd like to get more drivers and stuff, but yes, I am very glad to have them back. Uh, so my ears aren't as sweaty as they are when I was wearing cans <laughs> all the time, playing at church and doing this. Um, but yeah, it's dumb that they were just in a jacket pocket for six months. And then I I would lose my head guys. If it wasn't attached to me, I went to an urgent care last week for this cough thing. I left my iPad there for like a week and didn't realize oh, it until yes, oh like yesterday oh. and like looked it up. And I was like, Oh, I know where that is. And I called them today. They were like, we were wondering when you were going to call. We've just had it in our safe for like Jeez. a week. So anyway, it's been that kind of, uh, six months. Apparently I lose things all the time. Anyway, back to, uh, the songs we're talking about. Chris Monier, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, sorry. Love this song. He's sipping a drink. And I, <laughs> I, was, I, I ruined. Was, I was LaCroix. I, I was in a different place, man. It's a verb now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just like barely in a different place because that stuff just kind of tastes uh, like. Is yeah. there flavor in this? I can't tell. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, no, I, another great song. I, I, I was kind of struck at the beginning of the song has the very cliche bum 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 but like because it's thrice like they do it way cooler than any band ever could um and it sounds amazing Uh, another just great song with i it it really so me and kyle kind of discussed um earlier today like hey you know who who really did the research for this because technically this was kyle's record but we ended up doing starting line so it was kind of in this weird in between space so i had kind of done all my listening and then when i went through and i was reading about how they made this record and they felt rushed i was 
kind of shocked because because it doesn't sound like they rushed that it. Way. No. There's some intricate, amazing, spectacular songwriting happening here. Every song has these different parts and these different elements. I mean, each song could be a, a crappier band's whole album. Like if you just took the different parts out, you know, you'd have like a ten-song album. Um, so, uh, it, yeah, it, this is what we're on track one, two, three, four. And yeah, these guys have brought a lot to the table already. It's a, it's a great song. Yeah, I like it. I think that they, I think you're right. Like, I am shocked that they, this came out a year after their last album came out. So, I mean, did they tour on that? They toured I mean, the sh- entire time. Constantly. That's the thing. They yeah. they toured the entire time. They said they had no time to make this record. The drummer went in and did uh, the drums for two weeks, and then they took it to another studio, and I think they spent six weeks doing the guitar work. Uh, the guitarist said he wanted to make sure that to do some special things. And like earlier, I, I think I said something about like the Arabian guitar tones. That was, uh, something that they, he was insistent they, on. Yeah. They put it on this record, but like, um, there, there was a little excerpt, Chris, I don't know if you saw this, but there's three songs that have strings on them. And it said that they were cutting the strings 10 minutes before FedEx was scheduled to show up to take it to mastering. That's insane. <laughs> and then mixing it in? Yeah. That's pressure on a level I can't imagine. That poor Dude, producer I can... was probably like, I am going to have to go to rehab. Like, I know. Just like, let my anxiety calm down after all of this. Well, I mean, at that uh, point, do you just kind of hope that your FedEx driver is just super chill and like, hey, man, you want to come in here for just a second while we work on this rock and roll record? Dude, I that guess. sounds like a giant stress ball of a year. Oh, you're like gosh. touring on one album. You're trying to record another one, but... I'd certainly hope they, I mean, it sounds, I assume they remember it as they've got an entire podcast about the songs and stuff, but God, that's just really insane. I mean, I wonder, yeah, I mean, that happens, you know, labels like everything you've done before doesn't matter. We want an album now. Oh Uh, gosh, that's stressful. Hey, a little clip. We just did Silhouette, right? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, a little clip about that that's interesting. I'm sure they talk about it on their podcast, but Kinsrew wrote it in 7-7, and uh, Eddie Breckenridge attempted to emulate it, but his Wait, part was... Wait, 7-7? 7-8? 7-7. It says 7-7. Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. That's wrong. He wrote There's it no- in 7-7 time, and uh, Eddie Breckenridge attempted to, to emulate his part, but he did it in 13-8, and it had to be re-edited to keep in time with Kinsrew's parts. Okay, yeah, so it has to be 7-8, be because notes. there's no... Well, okay, I, I'm not a music theory nut, for sure, but like 7 over 7, the 7 is the beat. There's no 7th yeah, note. full time. That's full. That would be yeah. That like you can't do like it's like four four. The quarter note gets the four. The under the four under the four is the quarter note, and the four is saying there's four of those in a measure. So it has to be seven eight. Dude, you're. I mean, I am not the dude to answer that question. <laughs> I have yeah. No freaking clue. Uh, all I know is it says one of them played it in one time. The other thought he was doing the same, and they had to go in and punch in notes. So, which well, also okay. is I'll trust, stressful. I'm going to have to listen to this entire podcast just to hear some of these details about like alleged seven, seven timing. Like I said, I don't think that makes sense, but I need to ask someone smarter than me when it comes to music. All right, let's go to track five. Stare at the sun.
I'm into this song. Yeah. It's very cool. By the way, uh, you should not burn witches or stare at the sun. Neither one are okay. <laughs> Both are actually. bad. Both are bad. Um, dude, that riff going through the whole chorus is awesome. Yeah. And the freaking bass uh, kind of shines on this one, too, yeah. a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm into the high-end bass line stuff going on. Um, it's really intricate. Very cool. Uh, I can see why it has, you know, 12 million plays on on Spotify. It's a it's a good tune. Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, uh this is the another great kind of pop. Was this the second single? I think Yeah, it was, it was a single. Yes. Or third single, third yeah. single, third single. It was a single yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh a gr- you know, great hook in the chorus and another song where they kind of bring it all together at the end. I'm pretty sure that guitar riff in the chorus kind of ma- maybe not matches exactly but follows the same pattern as the baseline from the verse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's the yeah. Um Good job, guys. You can both play that. <laughs> yeah. It'd be hard to play on either instrument, but the bass is definitely more impressive. Uh, no, I'm not digging on the, I'm not, I'm not dogging on the guitarist. It's just that that's really hard to play on the bass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think the song was written. I think the bass line was first. I think he came up with the bass line and then they kind of worked the song around that and ended up being one of the coolest. It's pretty pop, cool. You know, memorable songs on the album very cool love it yeah Yeah, i definitely remember hearing this 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 song back in the day uh kyle what are your thoughts on it uh i love it uh chris you kind of said it all i mean you guys both kind of said it all uh i feel like i was there a music video to this one i would assume because i feel like i feel like i have this memory of like dustin kinzer having the emo haircut and like yeah no facial bangs yes yeah Flipping his bangs back every now and again. Um, yeah, although I I do agree with you, Blake. We do we should not stare into the sun. I do love the line. I'll stare into the sun till I understand or go blind. Like that's yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, and also like, you know, uh, I don't remember the line you guys referenced earlier, but I feel like he writes lyrics that not everyone else could get away with. You know, like it doesn't come across as pretentious or, you know, like him trying to sound smart. It's it fits. It sounds great. But like if I tried to say something like that, people would be like, oh, okay, dude, whatever. (laughs) Everyone hates you. (laughs) Yeah, You really do have to like you have to dive into writing a lyric that serious, I feel like. And I've never been able to do it. I do like the. I sit here clutching useless lists and then later, oh, yeah. you know, I crack my teeth on pearls because, you know, you normally clutch pearls. I just kind of like the uh, mixing up that stuff. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but I like it. Yeah, he, he writes good lyrics. I like them. Um, they're, they're serious without being like, that was the other annoying thing about a lot of um, the genre at the time was like people took it too seriously, but weren't always great at writing those lyrics. So it's like they were trying really hard to write and it just, it didn't work a lot of times. I feel like there were a lot of bands that tried to write these deep, like meaningful things and they just didn't, they just weren't, (laughs) they just weren't there. Um, and they were kind of faking it and this doesn't feel like faking it at all. And it doesn't sound pretentious and, and it's not trying to be overly, um, most of it's, fits within the song. I mean, I think my favorite lyrics are always like 
the cadence to them matters more than like it, that I would read them on the page and be impressed by them. Like that's just the, what's cool about songs is that it's, it's about the rhythm and how you sing it and the notes and stuff too. And, um, and I feel like that about this, like, I'm not, I don't read it like it's poetry necessarily, uh, but it works really well in the song and I really like it. It yeah. seems kind of effortless for him. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm a little jealous. Um, any other thoughts on stare at the sun other than don't, don't yes, actually don't do that. It. All members of the podcast here recommend against it. Yeah. We've got another one of those sweet eclipses coming up in a year, guys. So is it going to pass well, over be... Oklahoma, Texas? Or are we going to South, the Southeast it? corner. Yeah. I think I'm going to go down yes. to broken yeah. bow. Check it out since I missed the last one because I couldn't find glasses. Uh, probably go ahead and order those. Uh, okay, let's go to track six, <laughs> Paper Tigers. I just assume screaming uh, with our blood over and over again is the most emo line on this album, right? It's got to be. And our lives. Kyle, I feel like you picked that. With our lives and our blood. Yeah. Chris picked that. I feel like you just picked that for me. I did. I did it, dude. I did that on purpose. (laughs) And I almost sent with it like, sorry, Blake. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps the heaviest 30 seconds. (laughs) <laughs> Technically definitely not on the back song. half of the record yet, uh, but yeah. yeah, it definitely is about the heaviest thirty seconds of this record. Thank you, Kyle. Like I do, uh, you know, we've we've all said that this is a good record. I do definitely feel like this is a point in the record where they're like, you know what? Yeah, they they turn it up to eleven. They 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 get they get heavy on us, um, and and I do not mind it now. I will say. Uh, I I don't I don't think I disliked it, but I definitely was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, it definitely my, still my makes work. me feel something uncomfortable. <laughs> it's still yeah. just there's Dustin. something that still does for me um uh, that I don't love and uh, I realize all of my friends that love this stuff uh you know, think I'm a pansy about it or something. It's just you, not You know, I wonder I I'm not trying to put my own stuff on you, Blake, but I You don't have like, to. That's I fine. have the same thing. I there's I don't love a lot. And that's not I like more heavy music than you do, but like it gives me anxiety and I wonder if it has anything to do with I also don't like scary movies at all. And I feel like they use this kind of music in in a scary mu- scary movies. You know what I mean? That might that kind of follows maybe a little bit. I always don't want to watch a scary movie but when they're well done i always enjoy them it's a really weird it's like chinese food is the same way for me i don't ever want it but every time i have it i'm like this is delicious but i'm never (laughs) like i want chinese tonight it's a really weird thing it's like it's just a and so maybe this is a little like that in scary movies where it's like i do enjoy it sometimes that that's a little that's hard for me like that's that's past the threshold where i'm like okay i don't i don't like this but pretty heavy um, it's pretty heavy but really for the most part this record doesn't go there too much um it more on the back half for sure it gets heavier but um 
anyway, yeah, I, that's I, I think I feel the same way. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, we didn't get a clip of the chorus, which is fine because that's hilarious that you picked that clip. But uh, <laughs> there's some uh, there's some great background vocal kind of harmonic, angelic, yeah. almost choir yeah. sounding stuff happening in there, uh, which I thought was interesting because it's like they almost go like as beautiful as they can with the chorus on this song. And then yeah. the bridge is big time, hardcore bridge, big time, <laughs> like, holy crap. Like with, we are not with their back. blood, by the yes. way, with their blood. Like, I can't even imagine like with him singing that in the studio, like that oh. anyone would be able to make eye contact with them. It would just be like really <laughs> awkward, you know, which is, yeah, it was good. I mean, you really definitely put it all on the, on, on tape there. Dustin. Let's do it again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's double it. <laughs> Stag it. One more time with feeling, please. Yeah. <laughs> Stag it. Can you do that one more time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got a little heavy for me. I think my, my actual written note was, all right, this is too much for me. <laughs> so, even before you sent that clip. Okay, let's go to uh, track seven, which is uh, Hood's on Peregrine? 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 How do you pronounce this word? Peregrine. Peregrine. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's a fancy yeah. word. Here we go. Monier, thoughts on uh, this track, Hoods on Peregrine? You know, it's both instrumentally kind of hard to beat. I mean, they are all just kind of showing off here. Uh, mm. And the drumming is fantastic. Um, it kind of feels like a like an opus without like a real m- melody or a real... I don't know how to put it into words exactly. There, there's The, the structure of the song is really interesting and it doesn't. it just kind of takes you on a ride, but uh, you know, there's no real um, chorus or you know hook or anything like that. Uh, so to me, it's just kind of these guys showing off their chops. You know, the Rhythm Brothers and and um, just yeah, very riftastic. So it's an interesting song. Riftastic is a good Riff. way to put it. <clears throat> You're right. There really is no verse chorus. It's just kind of like a stream of consciousness almost. Yeah. It feels I like mean, they repeat about, those lines, but not it's not it definitely doesn't feel verse chorus or same, you know, it feels like it's just a train. Yeah. Kind of going. Um, yeah. And the uh, it's but I like that, like whatever that part is that we're playing there at the end, we'll call it a chorus or whatever or outro yeah. or I don't know what we call it. Um I like that everything's basically really fast. You know, but the vocals are essentially singing in halftime. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like that juxtaposition of the really fast music with basically this like slow, lazy vocal on top of it. It's pretty cool. Um, And very epic sounding. Like it sounds like um, I'm supposed to be, I don't know, fighting someone or yeah. something <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah you know b- epic battle scene kind of sound uh kyle what are your thoughts on it uh yeah i mean i i i like 
all of what you guys said. Chris, what was the word that you made up? Riftastic. Riftastic. I like that. It is riftastic. Riftastic. And, and and also, I like thinking of joining an epic battle uh, while cool. listening yeah. to this song. Um, yeah, man. I think also, I don't. We haven't talked. We talked about it for like a second, but the truth is, I'm not capable of discussing. There are like time signature changes all the way through this record. Right. I I don't I don't recognize them. I just know something sounds cool or difficult. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> that yeah. sounds hard. <laughs> that sounds impossible to play. Uh, Still pretty and, sure none of them are seven seven. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm gonna look that up maybe at some point. But yes, there are a lot of time signature changes, which is like a kind of a classic metal thing. Is like weird time yeah. signatures and stuff. And there's even kind of weird things where it kind of sounds like one thing's almost in one time signature yeah, and yeah, the other things in definitely. And, yeah. and and they did that stuff. I mean, like they they speak they they're quoted in in Wikipedia as having done that stuff on purpose, and we know that because they go on to do more of those things. I I don't understand enough to talk about that. Uh, you know, in a way that well, I just shouldn't talk about it. I don't understand it at all. Blake, you you have witnessed me in the studio <laughs> doing that and not knowing <laughs> what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've told this on this podcast before. It was one of my favorite things ever because Kyle wrote this song. He was like, hey, come play on it. And like me and Steve, the drummer and the producer are count, like charting out the song and going, okay, that's 5-4. Okay, that's 4-4. Four, four. Okay, then it goes to 5-4 again. Okay, that's 7-8. Like, and Kyle didn't know it had any time. And I had no problem with it until you to- you guys told me. <laughs> just play- <laughs> But we had to like chart it out and like make a click for this thing and all this stuff because it even had... It even had time, like tempo changes in it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and so it was like this really complicated song that Kyle was like, "Oh, I didn't even know. I was just like playing it for playing it for us on bass." And uh, it was cool. <laughs> I love that song still. I'm very much into it. Is that song on Spotify? No, no. It's uh, not. You got to get that back up there, man. Yeah. That one makes me cry. Yeah. Well, That's a good one. E- e- even so, it's just proof. I don't. I have no freaking clue what that stuff. No, it just means. writes it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I'm I'm definitely impressed by it, and I think the, I think the best way I can describe it is it sounds hard to play, right? Like, uh, yeah, it sounds along. very difficult. Uh, uh, and 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 also, I don't remember who we were talking about recently. Oh, it was May. Uh, this at this time, you you like you kind of say it all the time that like this was a time where a guitar solo wasn't cool or like shredding wasn't cool. Yeah. Just in general being super good musicians, I wouldn't say that it wasn't cool. It just wasn't as common or the top priority. Like people were just putting out, you know, catchy poppy songs. And I loved those songs, but it was, it was definitely more rare to come across a band like this or may where it's like, Oh, these guys, these guys can play, you know? Yeah, I feel like there was a shift from the 80, the excess of the 80s, which was all about guitar solos and glam and the look and all that kind of stuff. And then the 90s tried to like just completely push that off. And it was yeah. all about like grunge was just like, no, there was an aesthetic to it, but not, it was sort of an accidental aesthetic. Yeah. It wasn't like no one was trying to look like a rock star. They're just wearing, I mean, like the guys in Nirvana were wearing what the guys in Nirvana wore before they were in a successful band and stuff. You know what I mean? It's not. And then I feel like in the two thousands, we kind of got this like a sort of blowback against the, the pop excess of the late nineties, you know? And then I feel like most people were really like, like this whole genre was mostly based on 
obviously it's called emo. And I mean, I say genre cause no one called it emo. No one, no one claimed their band as emo back then, but like lyrics and that, like the feeling of the song mattered more. I feel like all of a sudden, yeah, like, like we'd gone through all these different kind of stages of stuff and it's just new ways to do. It's just pushing back against the thing that came before it a lot of times. But I feel like this was a lyrical kind of time. It was like an emotional, like, what does this song make me feel like was really what it was all about. And like, like plotting a song to a thing instead of just something that was playing in the background kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I think that that this is just kind of that natural progression and we didn't get as many of those like guitar solos and things like that. Cause it wasn't about that. Like most people didn't, they didn't care about it. And plus labels were going like, you can't put a guitar solo in there. No one will listen to it. Um, yeah. but you only got I do three appreciate for the radio. Yeah. You've only got three right. minutes. Um, but I do like that some of these bands were like, no, we're a freaking good band first. Like yeah. I still like that. That was a thing. And this is definitely one of them. May's another one of them. Um, a band that we have not done yet, but is sort of on everyone's top 10 emo albums ever is like American football as a band like that, that just like, Oh, right. Has all sorts of stuff on those albums where I'm like, I cannot even figure out what's happening right now. Um, and it's cool. And I like it, uh, especially as like a musician nerd. I love to listen to stuff that I'm like, I can't understand what's happening. It, it makes me, I want to figure it out, but I also kind of love that I can't. Cause I'm like, Oh, I just, could just enjoy this. It's kind of nice. Um, shall we go to track eight, the melting point of wax? If I could play that guitar part that's barely in the right speaker on that last part of that clip, I'd be really mad that they buried it that far down in the mix. I'd be like, listen, guys, I practiced all my life instead of chasing girls, and that's as high as you're going to put that part in the mix? Anyway, uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on the melting point of wax? So I'm going to derail us a little bit because um, all, all I can think about when I listen to the song, first of all, in case you don't know, I'll say this. This song is about, this is Dustin's reimagining of Icarus um, and putting more of a positive spin, right? Icarus was cocky, flew too close to the sun, but Dustin took a took a took uh, his own spin about like it being about hopes, right? And like a, a more hopeful, a less... A less um, you know, uh, foolhardy. Is that the right word? Uh, Icarus. Uh, and, and all I can think about is, uh, I know you guys watch the show Buster Bluth. <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> to, I was thinking the same thing. It I love that we all, thought the same thing. It is all I can think of the episode where he hangs out with Michael instead of his mom. And he's like, but Buster, you were flying today. Yes but a little too close to the sun. That's all I can think about when I hear this song. And no, but, I love But then Lucille song. comes in and goes, you let him go in the yeah, sun? That's right. <laughs> you, let him, you let him go in the sun. Rest uh, in peace, man. She oh, was man. brilliant. Yes. Oh. Great show. Uh, great song. They are... Uh, I, can't, I cannot remove them from one another in my mind. This is the Buster Bluth theme song. 
I love it, Kyle. I'm going to tangent it just a little bit too, because uh, speaking of the melting point of wax, I need a, another Fruit Loop candle because that thing was oh, killer. Oh, all right, dude. And I got if you, you uh, Kyle, do you have them on a website yet? Because people need your Fruit Loops candle. I don't. I'll put oh. I'll put them on a website and then we can we can promote it. If you want your Kyle house gave to me smell a, like Fruit Loops, it's I got it. Wonderful. Oh, it's uh, it, it was my go to office. I need to send uh, one to you, Chris. I burned it all the way down. Yeah. So uh, that's much less poetic than talking about Icarus, though. (laughs) We've got stinky little boys in this house all the time now. I need, we're we're like, we're an incense candle family now, man. Yeah, bring it on. I'll I'll burn it in a week. When candles can't quite do it, you got to burn that incense. all the time in here. Yeah. (laughs) That's how we're going to make you money from this podcast, Kyle, is you're going to sell some candles. Okay. We're going to push that thing. Sponsored by Kyle's Fruit Loop candle. Um, Chris, do you have any thoughts on the melting point of wax? Uh, it's really hard to follow up Kyle on that. Uh, cause yeah, <laughs> neither one of he, us really talked about the song well, at all. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, but I mean, he, he basically talked about, yeah, the, the, what is Icarus is Greek mythology, right? And yeah. how it was, you know, the opposite of that and then tied it into an arrested development. I don't know what I could possibly say. Well, and I could be wrong. I could have been making that up, but I've. <laughs> No, you're Doesn't not making matter, it up. But I'm pretty sure that, it, it was that was the thing, right? Icarus was to overconfident, right? Oh yes. no, and, but I'm talking. But in addition yeah. to that, how you tied oh. it then into a uh, you know Arrested Development episode, I just sure. I I'm, that can't is the imagine idiom. I have anything interesting to add to that. That's <laughs> where the idiom <laughs> "flew too close to the sun" came yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, you are correct. We're all correct. Yes, we're okay. all right. Well, let's go to track nine then: blood clots and black holes. Okay, so is this where I read? I mean, I read very briefly, but like, did did they start to write love on her arms? Is this them? They were involved in that, right? Am I making this Man, up? Man, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I just. I remember the shirts, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody had those shirts. <laughs> That's yeah, all okay. I remember. Maybe we should <laughs> fact check me, but I. I thought I read something that they were involved in that. I thought that they were one of the bands that that were. Um, Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that's right. That sounds right yeah. up their alley. Well, anyway, I, I heard this was about that, or at least at least connected to that. Obviously, there's the there's several. Uh, it, it's obviously about self medication in in multiple yeah. ways and stuff. So, um, anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on the on the track, fellas? Whoever whoever wants to grab it. So I'll say this. I don't dislike the song, but out of the songs that have like a more of a clean vocal and, and like less heavy, I find it to be the least interesting. Maybe I think um, that's fair. It's way more straightforward than yeah. a lot of the stuff. It's doing an octave riff instead of some yeah. freaking trilling shredding thing. Yeah, and and I don't hate it. It just kind of it stands out as being. Um, as being normal amongst, you know, like other songs that are, that are just excellent. So 
Yeah. I like it. I mean, I think it's good. I, I yeah. like the track. I don't mind that it's simpler. I mean, because I don't mind simpler songs. Um, yeah, I like it. I'm into it. Uh, and it's it's on it's on brand. You know, you got to have a song about fire inside your veins. That's what you had to do at some point in the 2000s. Right? Chris, do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, it's funny that you said that, Kyle. I kind of said, so. Uh, yeah, this song is just metal AF, like, coming at you hard. And I was like, that's really interesting that with, you know, that scratchier, growler, growlier voice that he can do, that he went with the more melodic. And, and yeah. it kind of made the song, it kind of lost its edge. You know? <laughs> it, 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 you know? Um, I, but I, I still dig it. But yeah, it, 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 it felt a little... Uh, like maybe they were having a little trouble figuring out what they want to do musically. Um, I think the lyrics are really, really good. Um, and yeah, obviously about a heavy topic. They handled it well, like he does with, you know, everything with everything. He, yeah, he does about. a pretty yeah, good job at it. A magical wordsmith, obviously. <laughs> None of it ever sounds pandering or anything. That's what I'm impressed by. Like it never, it doesn't sound, yeah. sounds authentic without being preachy or, um, I don't know, you know, just that it can be hard to write <laughs> anything like of serious topic without sounding like you're either. Oh, I've got everything figured out. Here you go. Yes, I don't know. It, exactly. Or like the opposite where it's like Motion City soundtrack style. It's just kind of like, oh, man, this is rough. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like it's kind of um, it's interesting to try to thread that needle. Uh, let's go to track 10, which was this was a single, right? This is the second single artist in the ambulance. I right about that. I don't, no, know I don't know if it was so. a single. No, it, it wasn't? wasn't? Well, yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it, it wasn't. Well, so what yeah, was the, the third second. single then? Uh, Stare at the Sun and Under a Killing Moon. Yeah, Under a Killing Moon. Oh. Well, no, I knew. Okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I thought this was a single. I swear yeah, I'd heard. I mean, I must have just heard it. Here's the thing. It's very it's popular. Just that popular. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. going to say, it's a great song. Okay, well, let's yeah. get a clip of it. Here we go. Artist in the Ambulance, title track. Okay, this is like blowing my mind that this isn't a single. Because first of all, I know I've heard this song before. So, I mean, obviously that speaks to its ubiquity in the early 2000s. Second of all, it's got 46 million plays on Spotify. And the next highest played track is Staring at the Sun. Or Staring at the Sun with 12 million. It's got well, 4X. It dude. It, yeah, of course it does. But it makes me, again, go like, why wasn't it a single? I mean, obviously it's a great freaking song and obviously people enjoy it quite a bit considering Spotify did not exist until almost 10 years after this <laughs> was like released and right. it has that many plays. I am, I'm flabbergasted. I think it's a fantastic song. Why a great song? <laughs> why not? Maybe they didn't want it to, be, I don't know, man, it's great. And it's the title track. I mean, it just seems like all it's got all the things. <laughs> yeah. That you it would is kind of hiding single. near the end of the album. That's the only, you know, 
non singly thing about that's it. That's even that better when you can have a oh, single no, that's it. at the end of your yeah. record. God, that's yeah. when you're really flexing. Oh man, I just Island. feel like the 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 record. Right, my my impression was the label would have never let them put that song that far down if they had any inkling that it was going to make them money. <laughs> they would have been like, yeah, tucking it up there at the beginning. It's so good. Oh man, it's great. Wow, I am just shocked. Anyway, not a single. Uh, Kyle, thoughts on this track <laughs> other than me being yeah, flabbergasted? It wasn't a single. You're, you're. I mean, first of all, you're not wrong. You got the numbers to back you up, right? Uh, but like, I, I get chills every t- that clip right there, where yeah. as the song builds and he goes down and then goes up, I get chills every time I listen to it. Um, it is one of those songs that I wish. I knew a little bit more about the backstory. I know we said every time we find out it's, it's like never as cool as you want it to be, but like, I want to know a little bit more. Um, I, I, there's a, there was like a note saying that he read a book burn collector and that's what this is about. I don't know anything about burn collector and I'm, you know, I could spend probably a few minutes on Google and, and learn a bit, a little bit about that. But dude, I love this song. It's one of my favorite thrice songs. It, it, uh, it has every element that I love about this band in this song. And also I love it. I love the way it starts. It's probably the most um, it's, there's a few other songs that are kind of like poppy, but it's the most formulaic, you know, uh, with opening with this and then ending with this really big. I, I freaking love this song, dude. Every, every, t- if this song comes on in the car and I get home, I'm sitting in the garage and yeah. finishing it. Yeah, it's a really good song. I love those kind of songs. I'm in the same, but even though it's on my phone that I can like pop in AirPods or whatever, it doesn't matter. I can right play when I get inside to a speaker. It doesn't matter. I cannot stop great songs in the middle of it. Uh, I'm with you. I've sat in the driveway for all of, uh, let's see, I'm going to list a couple here for you. How about Interstate Love Song, Stone Temple oh, Pilots? That's yep, one. Good one. Uh, where the streets have no name, you too. That's one mm. that I can't not listen to if it comes on. Uh, uh, five becomes four. Yellow card. That's oh, one that oh, like oh, that oh, comes. Oh, <laughs> that's what the bridge. Yeah, I mean just the whole thing, everything. <laughs> Gosh. Anyway, I love those kind of songs. Chris, what are your your thoughts on artists in the ambulance? Uh, right out of Kyle's mouth, I said a few, <laughs> almost a few exact things. It 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 is more. It's got more of a pop song formula i'm not saying it's a pop song but you know they kind of brought that back um you know later and and dude i wrote exactly what you said too they it's like all the elements of thrice and they fuse it all together into one um magical amazing song um and there's also one little piece of the song that's like one of my other like i like i said one of my favorite things about thrice they have these little moments they just tuck into songs that i think are so epic and cool and like right at about a minute 34 when the guitars and everything drops out and it's just him singing over the drums. Uh, I, I love that part of that song. I, I like, I like listen to the whole album just to get to that part of that, of the song. Oh, amazing too. And so uh, deep in the record too. You know what yeah, I mean? Like that's just so like, crazy. Yeah. I love when people put a great track deep in the record. Like we're two songs from the end of the record. I love it. Like that yeah. to me, it's like big balls, you know, you're oh, like, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, like, no, we think we've made a good enough record that people stick around to this point. Um, man, I am just shocked. I really swore this had to have been a single, but uh, that's that's got to feel good to have a song that's that popular and, and was not a single. That's got to, and I feel like that always happened on these records too in two thousands. It's like 
because a lot of these bands were even the big ones you know they weren't getting like the radio play that Coldplay was or something like we're not talking about like create you know it was a lot of MTV2 and Fuse and stuff like that and college yeah, radio Yeah they'd be like on K-Rock and maybe yeah. a few really cool radio stations but nothing in Oklahoma like Yeah <laughs> right? I mean we had like 95X for a second there uh, uh, you know that had some the cool edge, stuff like this the buzz the Yeah buzz. but yeah but you know the like it's interesting cuz I feel like every album had a song like this that everyone loved, everyone loved, and either and wasn't a single, but it's absolutely one of those songs they're playing like in the final three at any concert, you know. Right. It's just funny how yeah. like, you know, everyone goes to that track, and it's just weird that you can write something and then yeah, universally basically across the board, people that like your band are like, that's the best song on this record. I don't know, it's dude. We, I good. don't think any of us mentioned this, but like some of it has to be that melody just calls to be sung, right? Like yeah. if you're you you got to sing along to that. It's yeah. just it's it's an it's a freaking awesome song. This does make me want to see them live. Um, just dude, it, they are a very popular band. They are playing in Austin at the end of May, and I was shocked they already sold out. And things have been trending away from that here in Austin, like you know where you could like take a minute. And yeah. breathe before yeah. you bought a ticket. It's gone. They're gone, man. Price is sold out. Well, I guess we're not going to see him then. Okay, let's go to track 11, The Abolition of Man. Chris, where are you at on the abolition of man? Just, for it, against it? I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'm heavily for the abolition of man. Um, one of my... It's actually tattooed right here. I am for... No. Um, it's... Uh, again, the, the, the anthem-style lyrics where like you're calling you know, your audience, the people that are listening to music, to an action, it's so easy to do that and just sound like a complete dorkus. Um, a, an idiot, if you will, and he starts off the song saying "Wake up, everyone." I mean, that's almost like childish, right? But he's got such an interesting way of—I don't want to say storytelling because, well, artists and ambulances is kind of got a story quality it does. to it. But it's not—you know—most of his songs are not—you know—they're about integrity and believing in what you believe in looking at the world around you and understanding things are going wrong and finding your place in it and what can you do? Um, how do you sing about those topics and those themes without sounding, you know, silly? It's, it, 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 it it's, it's a quality that I highly respect. Um, cause he hasn't even been cultivating it that long at this point. He's still a young right. man when he's making these records, right? <laughs> right? Like th- th- we're not talking about some, uh, you know, old, old 30 year old dude who's been around the block a few times. Um, it's very hard to pull off and they do it very well. The breakdown and guitar work in the song is amazing. I think the it, I think I read the guitar player kind of pulled off of the stare at the sun <coughs> baseline for the riff here. Um, and this is where the isn't this the song with the um, the kind of guitar riff the sound that you were talking about? Oh um, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they, he's he, Tepe says 
that he wanted a, an Arabian metal sound. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's what it sounds like. Yep. You did it. Bravo, dude. Well done. <laughs> it reminds I think... me of the dudes in Main Alive. <laughs> like they did <laughs> yes. some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that one of the things I respect going along with what you're talking about, his lyrics, Chris, is I, I distinctly remember people trying to make thrice a Christian band like, Oh, you got, they're a Christian band. Right. And like all the time, Nope, Nope, that's not it. You know what I mean? And like, um, I, I mean, I, I think the idea of a Christian band is kind of now now that I'm an adult, right. I, I think the idea of a Christian band is a silly, is a silly thing, but, uh, back then it was important and people wanted you to like wear that label and, and they wouldn't do that. And uh, I always thought that that was cool about about Thrice because they were singing about important things and things that were important to them. Um, but also they were just a rock band, you know. Right. But but it, it was always spiritual. Uh, yeah, totally. I, I think this is a weird analogy, but, you know, in Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, sometimes you see people that that get upset because they feel it's religion heavy and religion focused. But anybody that's in Alcoholics Anonymous will tell you, no, it's about a higher power. It's about spirituality and it can be right. whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be, you know, any conventional like right. idea of what spirituality is. And I, I love that about his lyrics. You don't, you, you can kind of apply it to whatever spiritual feelings you have without it being full on heavy handed religious. Um, well, and I never thought they were either, Kyle. I mean, I knew, I knew it's obvious these guys are, christians like or i think well, du- is, but- we know dustin is right yeah, right like, right <laughs> we know dustin is yeah so so that's what I, I think that's what i like about it too is that he even though he sang and he wrote and he wrote the lyrics he wasn't going to put that label on the rest of his bandmates and okay. i thought i always thought that was cool i also just think it's a dumb label because i'd rather someone just label. write about what they write about like and i love when that is Christianity that's fine with me. It's like yeah. when it's you two or thrice or killers or whoever it is that like, you know, you can't deny that that's not what songs are about and stuff like that. But they're also not like, you know, I'm just writing about what, you know, I've experienced what's in my life and that's, yeah. yeah, what's important to me. Um, and proof that, uh, Kyle's earlier statement that, uh, he does read books. Um, <laughs> this is a CS Lewis book. just sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dustin Kinsrew so has a library a song, card, guys. You write a song about a C.S. Lewis book, you're smarter than I am, probably. So, um, <laughs> yeah, let's go to the final track, Don't Tell and We Won't Ask. Here we go. Good clip, Kyle. I just, I mean, normally I'd like maybe more singing in it, but it was a very cool breakdown, delay guitar. I'm into it, very much into it. Kyle, what are your thoughts on it since you picked the clip? Well, I, I also like that clip too because it kind of feels, I mean, I I don't know. It feels like an ending. You know what I mean? Like It, it does. It, it, there's, there's something about it that feels like an ending. And so um, I wish that, I wish the clip could have been longer because I like, I like it. 
out I mean, we from can do there. whatever we want. Yeah, That's yeah. True. I mean, yeah, not whatever we, we want, I guess. They're frowned upon what sued. Island Records is capable but of. Like, yes, but like that point forward, I do feel like they're the record's ending, you know? Yeah. And uh and and I want to start it again. So um I think it, it's kind of weird when you have a record like this where, you know, I think there's like five or six songs that we kind of gushed about that are really good. And, and I think it's kind of harder to end a record like that because you can't, I, I, I'm not saying you can't, you can have a perfect record where every song is good, but like, I don't think this song is as good as uh, the artist in the ambulance stare at the sun, all that's left uh, cold cash, cold hearts, but it's, but it's a good ending. It's the right ending. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think um, I care more about the feeling of the last track than it being the best song on the record. I don't think it's ever going to be, I mean, there are, there are some occasions though. You don't want to done. You want it to, I, I want it to make me feel like I completed the album and you know, if it's, maybe really great. I want to start the record over again. And, um, so I'm fine with that. Like I I'm best for a last track is sometimes like making me feel like it's the last track. And like, so in that case you did what you were supposed to do. And this song definitely makes me feel like it's the last track and it has this great build into that last part. And I love it. I think it's great. Chris, what are your thoughts on it? You guys put it very well. Yeah, it's a nice, nice bookend. Um, Dustin, if you're not familiar with that, we have a collection of books. I know that's something you're not really into. <laughs> when you have it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's not into books. He doesn't read those. <laughs> but he might uh, want to put some on his shelf to make it look like he reads books. So he has oh, a bookshelf. He has a bookshelf yeah. full of uh, those Cliff Notes books. That's all. <laughs> oh, great illustrated classics too, like on the second shelf. <laughs> yes, David Copperfield in eighty pages. <laughs> oh my gosh anyway yes so bookends yeah good first track kicks off the yeah. album well finishes yeah. the album well and yeah. good stuff in between too some people can even manage to do those first two parts and forget about all the sandwich goodies yeah. stuff in the middle but Absolutely. uh this is a good album i like it um you know some parts heavier than i would generally pick but uh, they're a great band and I need to listen to the rest of their stuff that comes after this. Oh, um, yeah. gosh, they have quite a library. Yes. Uh, I'll borrow them on vinyl from Matt. No, he won't give them to me. Um, okay. Let's go to lasting impressions. Kyle, I feel like, you know, I'm not even going to do this one, but you and Chris discuss, does it hold up? I mean, I think it does hold up because uh, you know, at the beginning of this, we're talking about all these screamo bands that were coming out, uh, that put a bad taste in all of our mouths that made us mm-hmm. not interested in this genre. I don't right. think they sound like that. They didn't sound like it then. And looking back, like people can't copy this because they're really freaking good musicians, right? You can't Incredible. just be like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be in a band. Like I play music like thrice. That's the kind of music I'm going to make. No, you, you actually right. have to put in a lot of work to, to be a band like this. And so, I think it holds up for that reason alone that it they've just kind of they kind of have created this sound and it evolves big time uh even up until I think we have a release from them last year. I mean, we have the the artist in the ambulance uh reimagining that came out this year, but I think I think their last full length was yeah, Horizons East 2021. That's a great record. Um I think that they, uh, 
created a sound on this. And um, so, yeah, it holds up. Chris, yeah. are you on the same boat? It does, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, well, like one of the things I read was Orange County Register ranking this as like one of the number five albums on the list of the 10 best albums of the 2000s. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. But that's Orange County. Like from where they were, like the sound of that area, there was so much unique, cool music happening. And to, to what Kyle was saying, I completely agree. They carved out this really interesting piece of so many of the different sounds that were coming from that era and made it something spectacular and really interesting without sounding cliche or sounding like any other band. Um, and at that time in that era of music, that was really hard to do and get a record deal. I'm, I, you know, a lot of what I read said the record label was pushing them to, to you know, you're going to be like Thursday, be like Thursday. We want to sell records, be like Thursday. And they still held their ground and, and um, you know, made an amazing record. I, 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 when I think of this era, I hear all that's left. Like that's what I hear in my ear as <laughs> the sound of that, yeah. of that decade. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was groundbreaking. Yeah. For me, I mean, listening to it really for the first time, like I said, I'd heard thrice. I heard the singles. I'd heard songs that weren't singles that I thought were singles, but um, I mean, it definitely sounds like 2003. There's no doubt about it, yeah. but it's good. Like it's undoubtedly good. And there's some fantastic songs on it. Um, so I say it does hold up like my opinion from four weeks ago. Um, <laughs> is it their best album? Kyle, do you, I mean, either one of you want to take that? So I don't think so, but I also think that they're, I mean, dude, they have a, they have a pretty big catalog. Uh, there are a lot of records between this one and, uh, that, uh, horizons East record. Um, so, for my personal taste, no, I, I actually, I absolutely love the record that came after this. It's kind of weird. There are moments that are even heavier than this record, but like very strange uh, on that record. I think they have a track where they had like a music box built an actual music box to play the melody of the song and then recorded that, that music box as an intro and then play with it. It's freaking awesome. Um, Visu, I think is how you, think that's how you pronounce it but man that that record is so good but i love the 2021 release i've liked every single thing that they put out there's nothing that they've there's no record they put out that i'm like they suck um so i don't think it's their best um i don't know which other one i would pick but i i, I like a lot of their records and i wouldn't put this one above multiple other records that came after it okay I think your opinion's gonna yeah, be the the winning opinion because I I don't I've not listened to enough of their stuff, but that does make me excited to listen to other stuff. Yeah. Um, so we'll get we'll we'll do that. Uh, do you think it's their most important album though? You know, I didn't look at anything for sales. I saw that like I'm looking. Let's see, as of July 2006, it had 391,000 copies. What? What kind of statistic is that? What what kind of numbers is that? That's terrible. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> oh, okay. As of 2006. Thanks, guys. Uh, like, surely this thing's gone gold by now, right? Oh, I would think so, yeah. Um, But but when you think about that time in a major label, I, I don't know that that's... Is that considered a success? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. 
think so. People were people well, were, were like still going yeah. platinum. Yeah, but yeah. not. They I were, mean, they but... sold they sold forty seven thousand forty seven thousand five hundred copies in its first week. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm looking briefly at a few different lists of like top emo albums, and it's it's in the top twenty of more than one list. So I don't think you're wrong about that. But I'm not really sure because I don't know if it's their best, uh, if it's their best selling record. Because I would probably go with that. And also, it's kind of weird. This question is kind of weird when you have a band like this that has just managed to stay. You know, they've they've got staying yeah. power. They haven't gone anywhere. So like, lineups never changed. Exactly. So that's very rare. It's very hard, rare. It, it's hard to know. So I would think it would have to be just the. I mean, at least just the impact of, you know, a big record. I mean, even if it wasn't platinum, it was it was out there. Like, I mean, every like a lot of people had this record and we've talked about all the time that, you know, for every copy bought, there were three copies burned at the least, you know. Um, Oh, definitely. Yeah. So that that makes me think that it's, you know pretty successful and like i said i'm just cruising the internet for a few different lists and typically if you end up on one of those lists 20 years later it's a sign of uh your album was important because it influenced other bands and it influenced uh, a lot of listeners and and so i would say that's generally i don't care that much about lists like that because like you can't definitively say oh this album is better than that album uh in a ranked right kind of situation but like you know in chunks like holistically right? yeah you look it's like if it's consistently in people's top 20 that's you know right a pretty good sign that it's an important album in my opinion so the pardon me the only album that i see doing better sales wise is uh it looks like their their uh 2016 release to be everywhere is to be nowhere might oh, really? have had more commercial success. Yeah, because Black Honey was a huge single, dude. That's like number two on Spotify. That's oh, really from that album? Yeah. In 2016? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 8.3 million uh, views on their video on YouTube. 16 million, well, at the time of this stat, 16 Oh, and that was kind of when Spotify. they came out of their hiatus, too. Right? Yes, yes. So, yeah, yeah. And it's a great record. It seems like Thrice is a, a band that with time, people <laughs> just... Like started more to appreciate and more. more and more. Yeah. 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 Um, like a fine wine. That's yeah. great though. I mean, that's yeah. what you want, right? Good for them. That's what oh, you want absolutely. as a band. You don't want to peak. You want to ride that wave for a long time. So good for them. Uh, oh, actually. So according to billboard, uh, to be everywhere is to be nowhere, uh, is their best selling record. Visu, the, the, the follow-up to the artist in the ambulance, is their next second or their second best selling record and artists in the ambulance is their third best selling okay. record. But most yeah. important doesn't always mean no no best selling. No. Yeah. It, when when it's a band that like doesn't uh doesn't have the career that they have had or established themselves, it kind of does mean that, right? Because like it's right. what keeps them playing, but these guys these guys had staying power. So. But I mean that's like the perfect career. Your oh, major know. label debut doesn't yeah. sell as many records as the second record that you do with the label. And then the third one sells more than that. Like that's exactly what you want. Like you want right. to build and not just freaking flash in the pan. Like, well, and your number one record is, is uh 13 years later is How 13 cool years is later. Yeah. So 
So, man, that's cool. I like it. Um, well, and not to mention, Dustin had, I don't know if he had a super successful career, but it was a notable solo career. Some of his songs yeah. that he released on the hiatus, too. Yeah. Good for them. I, it always makes me happy when a band has the longevity, especially when it's the same members. Like, there's just something that's so rare about that. Yeah. And yeah. it, um, I know it's hard. It's freaking hard. It's like being brothers and business partners with a bunch of dudes. Um, Especially how much these guys toured, man. They must have hated each other sometimes because they were always (laughs) on the road. But I, I really admire any band that stays together for that long. I, in same lineup, it's, um, it's, it's super hard. And, um, and there's not that many, like you really just can count them. It's just, uh, you know, it doesn't it's it's pretty rare um it it bums me out a little bit that i guess uh larry mullins jr had surgery that's why he's not doing that u2 uh at john baby residency in in um vegas you two like doing an action baby residency in vegas i did not even yes know this. at the new mgm oh, like yeah i'm like i kind of might need to go to that but it does yeah, bum me out gonna, that it won't be larry mullins jr but yeah uh and that's one of my favorite records so i'd love to go see that but like they're they're one of those that's had the same lineup for forever there's just not that many of them so uh did you see that uh, anna is shooting Coldplay right now by the way what yeah she's on tour with them (laughs) i was like god she's a phenomenal uh we'll put a link to her instagram she does tour photography that's literally what she does she goes on tour with bands and and documents it and she's a wonderful photographer it's where the she's G-Mac perfect is. at it yeah picture on my wall is uh it's fantastic uh so check her stuff out uh and uh she sells prints too so go to her website um and then let's uh let's go to awards desert island songs two or three of your favorites chris well i'm going pretty pretty on the nose for this uh all that's left stare at the sun and artist in the ambulance. I know I'm boring. They're good songs though. Yeah, I mean, they I think I think I'm in the same boat. But you know, I don't know that my opinion really counts because it's obviously going to be the poppiest ones on the record because I haven't had enough time to yeah. really get into the weeds of stuff. But I mean, those are really really good songs. I mean, the the first tracks pretty close in there too it's just such a great first track that um, oh yeah that was definitely i had the on the edge and then i deleted it uh because i went with artists in the ambulance instead yeah i'm literally just still so shocked that that was not a single kyle what are your what are your two or three uh i'll shake it up a little bit i'm gonna go cold cash and hearts uh the melting point of wax for mr buster bluth it's pretty good and uh the artist in the ambulance okay i like it uh, what about Nobody's Perfect? Is there a worse song on this album? Nothing stands out to me as like super sucky that needs to go away. So I'm going to say no. Paper Tigers is a little too much <laughs> for me, but it's not. It's not. I get that. Like, if you liked that, you would go nuts for it. That's what's so right. funny about it. It's like the one I would kick off. But like, there's a bunch of Thrice fans right now. that are like, how dare you? Um, it's your, I it's talk your uh, opinion, man. It's all right. It's yeah. <laughs> just, just like your opinion, <laughs> man. Your opinion. Yeah, uh, I totally butchered that quote, but that's basically what that's I'm no, you did it. You, you, uh, you captured did it. the essence. It was subtle, uh, Chris. What about you? Uh, you know, I, I 
what was it? I can't remember. Blood clots and black holes. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that one. I thought about it. That's fair. Yeah. Again, like I always have trouble with this question because I think the way we worded it, and keep in mind when we made the rules of this podcast, we were just like bored with COVID. And so <laughs> rules. like now, now it's like hard. It's like, well, well, I wouldn't take it off, but the, but the spirit of the question, you know, is it's funny. Of, we've stuck with it for some reason, even yeah, though we've yeah. got no idea if people even care it, what we say on these parts. Not, I think it always makes the most interesting parts come out. Cause I think we all interpret this question a different way. Like yeah. I, I am kind of a very, um, you know, I, I, I think of things like a computer program and I'm like, no, you have to follow the rules of the question, which is you have to pick a song. <laughs> so I always force myself to pick a song. And then you guys always come out. I was like, I don't know why I'm going to kick one off. And in the back of my head, I'm like, these guys do this to me every freaking time. I'm sitting here ready with my, I, I got my song. I hate guys. Are you guys ready to say the song you hate? <laughs> I really don't pick it until we're talking about it right now because Same. so much comes up while we talk that yeah. I can't like, sometimes my opinion will change of what I think it's going to be, especially on this, this one. So that's interesting, but it is funny yeah. that in this case, it's not really a bad song. It's just not my thing. Um, right. Kyle, what about you? Do you have one? Now. Okay. <laughs> now. <laughs> no purse. <laughs> Nerp. Oh my gosh. Uh, that was too good. That was perfect. <laughs> Growing out of Shower, what's the song you didn't like at first but now love? Chris, do Man. you have one of those? Oh, oh Kyle. Or Kyle. Well, I was going to say, I have a surprise answer for this one. For the longest time, I couldn't get past Stare at Sun because it was a little too tough for me, Paper Tigers onward. Oh. So Artists and Animals is kind of my growing out of show, or not recently, but like I didn't really discover that song until a little later in my thrice listening because I <laughs> never could get past Paper Tigers. I was like, Woo-hoo, it's a little too spicy for me. That is That's quite the grower. That yeah. Is... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's hiding there at the end. Full grown there at the end. Uh, Kyle, what about you? Uh, I think for the same exact reason at the beginning of the record, under a killing moon, you know, because it's like, oh, this one, that one gets pretty heavy. And uh, and young Kyle, uh, he wasn't he wasn't so sure about the heavy stuff. That's okay. Uh, I like it now, though. Young Kyle has grown to love yes. it. And um, shown. Matured. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, you know, consider giving us a glowing review on Apple or Spotify or wherever. And you know, if you're if the spot if the podcast is still not showing up where you listen to podcasts, I guess you're not listening to this right now, so this would not work. But we think we've got all the kinks worked out on the distribution of the podcast. Uh, it should be working everywhere. And here's a fun thing that Spotify is doing now. In case you do listen on Spotify. Uh, we can like ask the audience questions and take Ooh. polls and stuff. So I did put one for the last episode. I forgot to check it before we started this though. So um, I think we'll start doing Whoa. that. Like throw a question on there. Uh, what should be the question for this one? A survey or a question? Uh, got any great ideas, fellas? I so mean, I we could ask people how they feel about paper tigers. I was going to say exact okay. same thing. I was like, does paper tigers scare you? Okay. <laughs> okay. That'll be the question. Please go tell us on Spotify your opinion of Paper Tigers. Uh, we'll put a couple questions in there. Yeah, Spotify's amping up uh, some new podcast stuff. So I think we'll try to take advantage of that, put some some uh, extra content in there if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, you can always uh, email us at info at finding emo pod, or you can find us on all the social media networks at finding emo pod uh, and argue with us about what we're wrong about. Uh, and definitely go check out this uh, artist in the ambulance podcast. 
that the Thrice guys have put out. Uh, I guarantee it has more useful information than we told you during yes. this episode. 100%. Um, but it this is less does. about information and more about, you know, the way this music makes us feel. So thanks for joining us. We will catch you next time. Yeah.